Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to episode 42 of the Intense Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Arto, here with my co-host, Jordan Vigio, Samantha James. Welcome back, everyone. It's another week. Jordan just got home from the Pens game literally five minutes ago. She mm-hmm. is still on cloud nine. I want to hear about it. How was it? It was such a good game. Oh my goodness. The Rangers scored first and then the Penguins just ran away with it. The final score ended up being seven to two. I can feel my voice going away. Um, (laughs) It was, it was such a good game. It was one of those where it just felt like we're jumping up again because we scored. We're cheering again. What, what's happening? Um, Yeah. The, the, they just looked excellent tonight. Um, Lots of, Lots of really good looks, lots of really good finishes. It, it was just, oh, oh my goodness. Exactly what you so, want from a playoff game. Exactly. And playoff hockey is the best. It really um, is. One more game in this series if they win, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yep. They can clinch with a win on Wednesday because uh, the series, they're up three to one in the series. So here's hoping. They Amazing. can win it on Wednesday. We'll see. I will I will say I saw a Rangers fan on Twitter wish for an ACL tear for Crosby or Malkin. Of course, so like of course. here's the thing. That's why they're gonna lose. Mm-hmm. Very classy. So we can just like speed on by to mm-hmm. the next round. Sam, how was your week? You know you look defeated. <laughs> I mean, you look beautiful, but your expression, you look defeated. You know, yesterday I spent most of Mother's Day in the emergency vet with Ragnar because homeboy decided to get, like, uh, look like a baseball on his neck. Apparently he had an abscess, and it just, like, what swelled up like crazy. So, yeah, he's going to have a drain in for, like, a week. So that cost a uh, rent payment. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, my. Listen, right, no if you are new no. here... Welcome to Sam's life. She never catches a break. She has not caught a break since Nam. Let's all have a moment of silence for Sam. Next week, I'll have a cast on again. So, you know, we're just... Yeah. It's It's great. Also, everyone say a quick prayer for Sam because she's getting (laughs) surgery again on Friday the 13th. Listen, apparently surgeons are not superstitious. We are, though. So, well, we are a little stitious. I'm wearing my shroot farm. Nice. Uh, I love that. Love that. My shirt mom's crew neck right now. But 
Let's jump into the episode now that I know that um, Jordan had a great day, Sam had a shitty day, and mine was just, you know, as it always is, just whatever. Just, I don't even want to talk about it. So the first thing I want to quickly discuss as we get into this episode is the draft picks have officially picked their initial numbers. Now, we don't know that this will be the number that they're wearing on day one of the season, but we do know initially these are their picks and they have been allowed to pick these numbers. So I want to go through these really, really quickly and just get like rapid fire reaction because one of these, the Rooney for a loop. Anyway, Chris Oladokun has picked number five. I'm cool with that. How do you guys feel? Literally nothing. I just it is what it is. It is what it is. I don't feel any emotions towards that one. So feel nothing. Kind of like the way I felt when we drafted Kenny Pickett, who picked number eight. How do we feel about number eight? I think it's like kind of cool and symbolic. Like number eight's coming after number seven. Yeah. But it's, also it's Tommy cool. Maddox wore yeah. number eight. I was going to so. say, it's a huge disrespect to, to one Sir Tommy Maddox. But other than that, it's fine. Yeah. So Imagine disrespecting Tommy Maddox. The king. Let's, let's talk about yeah. my favorite pick of the entire draft, George Pickens. Number 14. Listen, we have not had the best of luck with receivers yeah. wearing that number. No. But hopefully this is where we turn a corner with the number 14. What do you guys think? I hope I so. think we will. I, th- I oh, think we gonna, will because, yeah. Is he basically going to be as good as two Bens? Seven mm-hmm. and seven, 14? I think so. I, I hope. I hope so. This next pick, I love. We love you, Calvin Austin, and I love you for picking number 19. Let's just yes. roll right into it. We yeah. don't need yeah. New any breaks. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go, yeah. number 19. We all loved ni- number 19 a year ago. Now we can love number 19 again. I am with yeah. it. This 100%. One. Yeah. Y'all, I really I actually loved... like that pick. I was like, good for you. Exactly. Why not? Like, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Next one. Listen, listen. I like the pick. I like the guy. I have a lot of faith in who he's going to be on this team. However, the ball's on this man. Connor Hayward picked number 83. Yeah. Yeah. Heath Miller. Um, huh? huh? Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, coming in at like fullback slash tight end slash whatever exactly. else he is. Yeah, that's that's a bold move. It's a bold move. We'll see how he lives Honestly, up to it, but it's interesting. Still too soon. Still too mm-hmm. soon. We still yeah. yell Heath every time a tight end makes a play. Yeah, right. regardless of who it is. Yeah. Too soon. Anyway, we'll see if that actually happens by the time the season rolls around. Mark Robinson, number 93, and DeMarvin Leal, or Leal, number 98. Listen, that's also a little bit too soon. Yeah. It's yeah, so it's funny how you feel, like, certain emotions towards certain numbers, like 98, like Vince Williams. And then, like, exactly. I don't feel anything for 19. I'm just like, yeah, go for it. Like, I don't know why my brain is doing I love it. It makes me happy. This is the best day of my life. Um, to start this episode... I want to talk about a heated debate discussion that uh, will probably take place again the entirety of this season because it took place the entirety of last season. And speaking of heated debate, let's talk about a hot seat, Matt Canada. Canada should he be in the hot seat 
Yes. Let's talk about just like, is this season his his prove-it deal, his one-year prove-it deal that we always talk about in the NFL? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It needs to be a prove-it year for him because he didn't really have any um, outstanding credentials coming into this role as offensive coordinator. So it's not like he has a history in this in this uh, role to to kind of back him up here. Right now, what we're looking at is regardless of who's going to be under center, they're more mobile than Ben. Um, the mm-hmm. offensive line, hopefully they'll continue to kind of upgrade a little bit, but it's still better than it was last year. Right. The wide receiver core arguably could be better. I guess it yet to be determined because mm-hmm. there a lot of them are like, two of them are rookies and Deontay Johnson is still up in the air, but with, with Najee in the backfield, like I just, I feel like there are way too many weapons on this offense for him to give us that stagnant, totally lackluster play calling that we saw yeah. last year, because, you know, sure. Ben was older and he couldn't move as well as he used to, but they chose to promote Matt Canada regardless right. of that. Right. And he should have brought some kind of innovative m- approach to that mm-hmm. position. And he didn't. And I think that he failed as an offensive coordinator last year. And this, Absolutely. because he came from college to the pro level, he needs to prove that he is worth keeping in that position. Otherwise he needs to go like that. This is, this is his year to prove that whatever the Steelers brass saw in him that, cause them to bring him to this role as offensive coordinator is was worth it like I just I I feel like show us what you got or you're out that yeah like we don't have time to mess around here anymore because we've just been going through this like carousel of offensive coordinators Mm -hmm. and we just don't have the time to stick around with you to see if maybe someday you'll be right. at your job. Like, be right. good at your job now or go. Exactly. Sam, how mm-hmm. do you feel? Um, 100%. I'm probably not going to add that much more than what Jordan just said because she pretty much covered it all. But it's like, it was so frustrating last season, as you guys know, to watch those games and be like, the offense just could never get it going. It's like, mm-hmm. it's all right. Like, I, and then I like I'm a psychopath, so I can't turn the game off. Like I have to watch the whole thing, watch us oh, get obliterated, us. get our ass kicked. Some and it's games. like I really didn't think that they would bring him back even this year. So the fact that they are, I'm like, okay, if it's no. the same thing all over again, like you have no excuses, you have no creativity. Like, so listen, I am the biggest advocate for firing Matt Canada. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I have been extremely vocal about I told Twitter, I was off on Matt Canada week three of last year. That didn't change. All year, that did not change. And um, it still hasn't changed. Here's the thing. I don't believe as an offensive coordinator that it is your job to have this alleged prolific playbook for an offense that you don't work with. Like you, you have this, everyone talks about all of Matt Canada's gadget plays and everything he loves to do and how he's so innovative and creative on offense. And we haven't obviously seen any of that because the players that he was given last year were not made for the offense that he likes to run or allegedly likes to run. I say allegedly 
because we don't know. We haven't mm-hmm. seen it. There's no empirical evidence of this alleged offense that Matt Canada runs. And I, I just don't think that it's very smart knowing the players that you have, knowing that we had Ben Roethlisberger to draw mm-hmm. up an offense that's not made to, for a quarterback like that to thrive in. So Mm -hmm. that was his first failure for me. Like, I understand that you're a specific type of offensive coordinator and you like to run a very specific type of offense. If that's the case, Steelers, don't hire him. Yeah, exactly. It didn't make any sense to me. I, Mm -hmm. you know, we we talk about how he's going to be able to open up his playbook this year. So that's why I think it is such a prove it year for him. And I Mm -hmm. think that after this year, if he doesn't do anything with the weapons that he has been gifted in this draft and in the off season, then he's effectively worked his way out of this role. And I hope, and I pray to God that the Steelers see it the same way because we will be wasting everybody's time. These draft picks Again. deserve better. Right. TJ Watt and Cam Hayward deserve better. The mm-hmm. team deserves better than to sit around and let Matt Canada figure it out at the highest level of his job. Right. I don't yep. figure it out somewhere else. Right. Pittsburgh is not the place. We're not figuring it out. Of, yeah. Don't yeah. waste any of our time anymore. I'm sick of it. So he has been gifted. Kenny Pickett. Another- a, a mobile quarterback who likes to use the middle of the field that Matt Canada claims that he really wants to use that Ben just refused to use, you know, hearsay. Right. Um, mm-hmm. George Pickens, Calvin Austin, a burner receiver. We have all of these pieces for Matt Canada to run the offense that he apparently has just like locked up in a little safe deposit box. So like, let's see what happens. I say fire him the very next day after the season's over. If not only we don't have a winning season, but if we don't go to playoffs, I'm right, and yeah. I'm not Absolutely. kidding. Yeah. yeah. We have the team. We have the pieces. Mm-hmm. Matt Canada mm-hmm. is, um, on the hot seat. And that is yeah. my official. Yep. Agree. Agree. Let's next move on to another guy who is potentially on the hot seat in a different way. This week I asked Twitter because this is a, a, a topic of discussion that has taken place over the past three years very heavily because it's been like us preparing for the, the end of the Ben era. Right. right. So it's always been, Who's the next QB? Who's the next QB? And, you know, a lot of people just assume it's not going to be Mason because we've seen enough of Mason Rudolph. And I know the three of us collectively believe that it's not going to be Mason. We don't like Mason for the, for the QB one role, but I asked Twitter to, to tell me why, why do you personally dislike Mason Rudolph as quarterback one, not as a person. I never said that Mm -hmm. as quarterback one, as our starting quarterback. And I got some really, really great responses. So I want to read some of them here um, and then talk about them with you guys. But um, the first thing that I wanted to say is that the people tend to agree that uh, it's a pocket presence and pocket awareness issue. Mm. Um, It's a no zip on his his ball issue. And Mm. it's just a kind of like a leadership in, a, in an overall presence issue. But some great responses. Uh, Jackson said, 
I don't know that I've ever disliked him. He seems like a good guy. I, he just never showed command of the field, sideline, or mm-hmm. locker room. Think mm-hmm. of our other backups, Batch, Leftwich. They had a commanding presence about them. You just trusted them. We never got that with Mason. What do you guys think about that? Spot on. Yeah. That Spot seems on. completely accurate. Yeah. yeah. And it's an intangible that, you right. know, people who defend Mason – I think they often defend him because they think that it's something personal against him and they mm-hmm. they don't agree with that. It's not. It's There's something about Mason, even if you haven't watched him play in every single game that he's been able to start in or take over for Ben in, he's just not a commanding presence. He's not right. a quarterback one kind of presence. I don't know how to put it any other way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to express yeah. that. In words, better than Jackson did in that tweet. So Mm -hmm. I really loved that one. I wanted to pull that. Colin said he's not as dynamic a player as you want in that position. When you think of a quarterback one, you want a guy who's going to elevate the offense, and he just never showed that he could do that. Pickett and Trubisky both have higher upside in this offense in that respect. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I think that it kind of goes hand in hand with what Jackson said. Mm -hmm. He doesn't elevate the offense. What kind of vibe do you get? When Mason Rudolph takes on, like, walks onto the field, Sam, what's your first thought? If Mason Rudolph walks onto the field, I'm like, "Fuck, Mason Rudolph's on the field." Like that's <laughs> that's my that's my reaction. Like, right? We're fucked. All right, <laughs> Jordan. Mason yeah, Rudolph pretty- takes the field. What's your reaction? <laughs> Uh oh! Like <laughs> nothing, nothing good is about to happen because he just, yeah, I don't know. And I just like, I always used to say to my dad, it, he just has lead feet. Like he's yeah. so dull in the pocket, and he yeah. doesn't really seem to have good awareness or really anything that you want a starting quarterback to have like I if when he would come in in relief for Ben okay fine but like if there was any sign that he was gonna be starting or taking over long term it was like oh crap okay so we are really doing this I guess Um, right he felt like an okay short-term solution yeah which is great for backup quarterback Right. right like or a quarterback three you know like there are places for Mason Rudolph in this league starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers is not one of them and he's Mm -hmm. kind of proven that like I said Matt Canada can kind of work his way out of this job in the next year Mason Rudolph has already played his way out in my opinion and in the majority of everyone's opinion of the starting quarterback role um this take is really interesting and something that I think a lot of fans haven't really considered but I don't necessarily disagree with this. Papa Beer, not Bear, says all the physical talent of a starting quarterback, but none of the coaching. I'm not sure the Steelers have a developmental system that can take raw talent and turn it into production. Ken Dorsey could turn him into a Hall of Famer. Now he's been in the league too long to be a cons- to be considered an investment. Listen, Hall of Famer, never. That's not, yeah. That would never happen. That's not who Mason Rudolph is part mm-hmm. of that is that comes along with that, you know, lack of leadership mentality. Mm-hmm. But the part that caught my attention with this was not sure the Steelers have a developmental system that can take raw talent and turn it into production. Because I think that we've kind of seen that in a few other places mm-hmm. we've seen mm-hmm. 
them draft guys for their very raw and green ability as athletes. And they just kind of haven't panned out. So it was really an interesting take with this thing. I don't necessarily think that that's wrong. hurt his arm and Mason came in and it was like, okay, so it's Mason and Dak for the rest of the year. Okay, that's fine. The first couple games that Mason played in, he his talent level was at least to the point where he could keep up. Like mm-hmm. he yeah. he was not bad at all. Right. Like his his arm strength, um he he seemed to kind of have some mobility. And people keep in in defense of Mason Rudolph talking about that hit against the Ravens that he took and, and knocked him out. And it yeah. could could be, could be, but I really do think that there was some level of dropping the ball with him because he he settled into certain patterns and habits. And now it's just way too difficult to break. And not, yeah, really do not think that Hall of Famer would ever have been a phrase used to describe Mason Rudolph, even if he did blossom to his full potential. But I do think that he could have been potentially like an Andy Dalton level quarterback in the league. Like, yes, very serviceable starter for some team out there. And I, I, I don't necessarily think that it's wrong that the Steelers yeah. maybe didn't didn't quite do their due diligence in developing him. I I think all of their focus for a long time was on Ben and keeping Ben mm-hmm. happy and and yes Ben was not thrilled about the Mason pick. We've all kind of relived that this week with all the Tannehill stuff that's going on. Tannehill right. not wanting to mentor Malik Willis. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that another time. Um, but I. I just thought that was really interesting because I, I think there's a point there. I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily disagree uh, with the Hall of Fame part, though. I vehemently disagree. Yeah, That's a yeah. No, hard no. Um, mm-hmm. Our buddy Sora said he. I love this. Zero killer instinct. His comment about not wanting to step on toes when competing for QB one against Ben said all that needs to be said about his competitive edge. I don't want a guy mm-hmm. like that even as a backup. Listen, in this league, absolutely. Sam, what are your takeaways from that one? It's kind of funny because listening to that comment and then the one before, it's almost like, could you put it on the Steelers not developing him properly? Sure. Um, But also, given that we haven't seen Mason really be a willing participant in any of these things to become a leader, like, I think it almost, for me, goes back to his ego. Like, he feels entitled to this position. He feels like he's going to be gifted QB one. And you've seen that just over and over and over again in his own actions. Like if you really want to get better at your craft or your skill, like you're out there working your ass off. When do you ever see a a clip of Mason Rudolph working his ass off? Like he didn't show up to the camp that the, you know, that Mitch put on. It, It just, it kind of makes you wonder like, 
when you want a promotion at work, the right. first thing you do is you take initiative so that people know that you want the promotion. Mm-hmm. You need to, pr- to prove to people that you know that you deserve that job. Right. You're good mm-hmm. enough and you're confident enough in what you bring to the table that you deserve that job and you want everyone else to know it as well. There is zero initiative taken from Mason Rudolph right. as far as like from a competitive standpoint. Yeah. I don't see the fire and I totally mm. agree. I don't want a guy like that as yeah. the leader of my football team. I right. don't. Mitchell mm-hmm. Trubisky came in and the, the third week he's there, he's inviting guys down to Florida to practice. Like, come on. Yeah. That's initiative. That's mm-hmm. what you want your starting quarterback to do. And I'm not saying Trubisky's the guy, but right. for him to come in and in three weeks do more than Mason's ever done, right. that says a lot. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. And we have yeah. hashed that out to hell, so we won't get super into that. Um, our good friend Michael said – and I love this one as well, because in the offseason, there were no teammates who were like, let's run with Mason. They see him mm. every day. If they thought he was a true quarterback one, so would the coaches. They don't believe in him or want him. So why should we? Yeah. Oh, good point. Listen. Good point. I have yeah. not seen one player. I mean, I've seen I've seen Juju put stuff on his story about Mason playing in games, but it's not – not once have we heard someone say we're riding with Mason. Let's mm-hmm. go, Mason. Right. Mason's our dude. We have not Mm-mm. seen that at right. all. And I think, yes, they're they're leaving some room for the quarterback competition that will inevitably take place in camp. It's more so going to be between Mitch and Kenny. I'm going to just lay it all out there. Right. Um, but – I think that we would see a little more, bit more support for the guy they've been playing with. These other two mm-hmm. are new. Mason's been there. He's the vet. Right. And Sam, you're exactly right. He thinks it's his job because he waited mm. his turn. Right. I think that's That's bullshit. not how that works. Yeah. It's not how and it, works. it's again, you're not even trying. Like, honestly, um, talking to any of the players or the things that you've seen on social media, none of them have a relationship with Mason Rudolph. And it's not even so much that you have to have a relationship to, you know, do your job and do it well or whatever, because that's not the case. But when you're a quarterback of the team, right, like you are the leader in the locker room, you are mm-hmm. that person that they come to, whatever. And so for you to not even try to build a relationship, especially with your offensive weapons, like why, why are they going to trust you to throw them the ball? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. I think that a lot of the best connections we've seen between quarterbacks and wide receivers is because they have a really good relationship, like in the locker yep. room or outside mm-hmm. of practice, outside of the team. So right. um, to not want to work on that just shows like a level of not, he's not committed to the right. job. Yeah. And I don't want that. I don't think anyone wants that. Um, I did see a couple tweets in support of Mason. So I wanted to read one of them because this one I think is it's fair. It's not like, oh, he's a good guy, give him a shot. You know, it's it it yeah. was actually, you know, he he has an explanation for why he thinks Mason has these traits that people don't like, holding onto the ball too long, not going through his progressions properly. He said, This guy is named Rick, and he said, I actually like Mason a lot. I think if he gets more playing time, he might surprise us all. I think he does have pocket awareness and that he's perhaps too fearless in the pocket. I think he's trying to be so careful and perfect that he's holding on to the ball too long. Here's the thing. We've seen what it looks like when a quarterback holds on to the ball too long because Ben had a tendency to do that as well. 
Great. I don't think that's what's happening with Mason. Mm-hmm. I think he's slow to read defenses. He doesn't go through his progressions properly. Right. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that he thinks he deserves the job. So he's not really yeah. working on the things he needs to get better at, like mm-hmm. his intermediate game. Yeah. He's not good. He lofts a ball up like it's a pop fly and right. it's going the other way for six almost every yeah. single time. Yep. So like yeah. he has severe like ability issues that a starting quarterback just can't have. The lack of pocket yeah. awareness is not because he's scared or holding onto the ball too long or too fearless in the pocket. Like that's not what that is. Right. Um, but listen, Rick, I, I appreciate your, your support for your dude. Um, we have seen enough of him though. Like we have, he's had enough playing time. Like we know mm-hmm. where Mason Rudolph's ceiling is. Um, the general consensus. Oh, a few of our Browns fans, friends chimed in. Um, he ha- what was the exact tweet? His face is stupid. Shout out to Bree and Meg. Um, so the general consensus, stupid face, no pocket awareness, lack of mobility, no zip on the ball, yeah. lack of leadership slash presence slash respect, um, slow to read defenses. His throwing motion is trash. I saw that a million times. And ultimately, he tied the Lions. Need yeah. I say Oh, more? yeah. For- yeah. Yeah. So that was the big that, that was, that was the, thing. the that grand happened. the grand finale on why we uh don't like Mason yeah, Rudolph as it. the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um really quickly, guys, before we wrap up this episode, I want to talk about the schedule that's dropping in three days on May 12th. Whoa. We do know a few games already, none of which are Steelers games. We know they don't want to play overseas. So all the overseas games got announced, and then mm-hmm. a few of the week two games. Got announced as well. None of them are ours. So we are absolutely clueless. One thing we know for sure. Anyone? Any takers? Um, it's not going to be at home. <laughs> Our starting game is 99.9% likely not going to be a home game. So yeah. uh, get ready to buy those tickets, Yenzers. We got to travel to the opener. And then we, all three of us, will be at the mm-hmm. home opener whenever that yeah. is. God, like, yeah. Four at this rate. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, Lord have mercy. So yeah, we will see. Thoughts and prayers for us Thursday. <laughs> um, let's wrap this thing up. It has been real as always. Thank you so much for Steelers Nation or to Steelers Nation for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Yenzers and Instagram at Yenzers Official. And don't forget to subscribe, whether it's on YouTube or wherever it is you listen to podcasts so we can pick it every week. We'll see you next Tuesday for another episode of Winters.